This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. issued a statement contradicting that testimony, which suggests that Dr. Fauci may have committed perjury. This is a criminal offense, and I'm left to wonder if you intend to look into that and send a communication such as a letter or a memo similar to the October 4th memo that you issued regarding parents going to school board meetings uh, to investigate Dr. Fauci's potential perjury. Again, I'll refer to the long-standing departmental norm that we don't comment about investigations pending or unpending. Uh, the, the, the general uh, point that you're making normally comes with, would come with a referral uh, from the relevant committee. Uh, um, but other so than the, that, the point I Welcome to the War Room. It's Natalie Winters, not Stephen K. Bannon, hosting today for the 5 p.m. hour. But don't worry, we have a very, very packed show. If you just saw that cold open, we got Congressman Biggs joining us to break down not only the latest, but of course the infamous, the notorious, someone who really is deserving of accountability, not amnesty. That's, of course, Anthony Fauci, but also talking about all things immigration. But before we get into Anthony Fauci and the debt ceiling and all that fun stuff, I want your, uh, if we have Biggs, if we could bring him up, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts. I just saw there was some breaking news released from House uh, Judiciary GOP uh, that the testimony reveals Secretary Blinken and the Biden campaign were actually behind the coordination of that statement of the 51 intelligence officers uh, decrying the Hunter Biden hard drive as Russian disinformation. Can you sort of break down what that testimony reveals? Yeah, so what the testimony tells us is that this is this is a guy named Morell, and, and he was there. Blinken asked him to write this uh, memo and help him recruit people on there. Now, Blinken at the time was uh, knee deep in the uh, Biden campaign. And they and Morell has ad admitted that Blinken asked him to do it and that he responded, yes, he would do it, uh, that they didn't have information to prove any of the assertions that the, the, uh, the laptop was Russian disinformation. Uh, he also admitted that um, he, after doing all of this and putting all this together, uh, even though they had nothing to verify its truthfulness, and, and it turned out to be totally uh, fictitious and a lie, uh, he gets a call from the the, the uh, Biden campaign thanking him for putting that together. And this was disinformation, Natalie. This was a disinformation purport, uh, uh, perpetuated to the American people to influence an election. And I can tell you if the shoe was on the other foot, you would be seeing uh, the roof being raised and there'd be talk of Watergate type scandals and we'd be going forward. But they, these guys, uh, the left wing media is ignoring this. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, if Republicans were a serious party, they would revoke the security clearances of all of these members. Uh, the intelligence community, of course, should have been done a long time ago. But to pivot to another member of, I would say, that kind of biomedical intel security state, one of the ringleaders, I guess former ringleaders, Anthony Fauci, that open that we had was you pressing AG Merrick Garland talking about what the next steps are uh, for Anthony Fauci in terms of whether or not he committed perjury. We, of course, at the War Room have been telling you from day one he lied to Congress. He lied to Senator Rand Paul when he said he did not fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You don't even have to take our word for it. People may have seen the clip we played yesterday. DNI John Ratcliffe basically said the same thing, maybe a little nicer than we do here at the War Room, but he basically alluded to that. So I'm just curious. Um, in terms of accountability, we certainly don't want pandemic amnesty as the Atlantic floats. What is the step, or what are the next steps that you guys are taking uh, to really ensure that this accountability for Anthony Fauci, this especially on, on perjury charges, actually manifests? Well, we're trying to keep our teeth in his uh, uh, pocket, if I can put it away. You know, keep keep biting on that, because here's the deal: he did commit perjury in my mind in every sense of the word. I don't think anybody who watched him would think that he didn't. Uh, but in uh, multiple facets too, Natalie, on on gain of function research, how it was funding, why they were funding it, on lab leaks, manipulation of the public, all of those things he committed perjury to Congress on. And guess what? Uh, our problem is we have to refer that to um, Merritt Garland, the one you showed in the cold open. And Merritt Garland is just about as uh, worthless to prosecute anybody who's on the left as, as I've ever seen. The reality is we used to have AGs that said, well, you know what, uh, Mr. Fauci, you did commit perjury. We're going to have to prosecute you for that. But it's more than that. We have got to go in and make sure we expose the um, this uh, uh, COVID industrial complex where they went in and you had Fauci, you had Burks. They were going in there. They were providing misinformation and really hold them accountable. And the first step is to just make sure we have the hearings and, and expose this fully, because I'm a, I, I hate to say this, I, the, the prosecutions will not happen until we get control of the police apparatus and the police power again, which we don't have under the Constitution. That, that's in the Article II uh, branch, and the Article II branch is co-opted by the radical left and they're designed to protect Fauci, not investigate the truth and prosecute Fauci. We're months into this new Congress, and from my understanding, and I think a lot of what, of what we talked about on War Room, was that if we won the majority, these investigations, and meaningful investigations at that, right, Benghazi is not the baseline. We want actual good investigations that lay the groundwork for criminal prosecution. So. I'm curious, in your opinion, like I said, we're already months into this new Congress. Why hasn't it happened yet? Is it the Republicans? Is it the Democrats? Are these witnesses not cooperating? What's the issue here? Like, explain to the war room posse members who are angry and, and frankly, rightly so, that maybe there hasn't been enough action on the Hill. What What's the holdup? I remain, uh, I, I am with the, with the war room posse. I'm incredibly frustrated. <laughs> Look, uh, here's the deal. I, I will I will tell you, I'm not offering excuses. I, I, I'm offering uh, what I'm observing. Uh, it is hard for us to get uh, conservative lawyers, investigators to come in. But we've actually had really good response from whistleblowers. 
So like the Mike Morell uh, thing coming out, we also have the IRS whistleblower coming forward now talking about uh, uh, corruption in the investigation arm uh, from, again, from DOJ. This is where we're going, and uh, and we got to keep po- doing that. And that's that's moving. It's moving at a glacial pace in my mind, but it, it, it is moving. But the other thing that, that's frustrating the, the heck out of me is that we are having difficulty getting information from this administration. And we knew that would happen. And so uh, the chairman of these committees want to lay the predicate so that w- they can go in and, and uh, get a court to order them to come in and testify. That's happening. Uh, again, that's taking too long, in my opinion. But it, it certainly, um, we're learning things that we, we only suspected before. We're actually developing and uh, evidence and getting ready. But we want to be ready so we can hand over uh, cases right to a new AG uh, in 20 and 25 when we have a, a new president and a new power in the Republican Party in the White House. Of course, and you've certainly been leading the charge uh, and the crusade to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, a complete dereliction of duty going on there down at the southern border, whether it's intentional or due to incompetence. I think, War Room, I think you know where we stand on that issue. But I'm just curious, you know, obviously the Senate, uh, Roger Marshall introduced uh, a resolution to hold a vote of no confidence on the secretary. So obviously you have some allies there. What's the latest in terms of the House and the potential impeachment of Mayorkas and the legislation you've been working on with regard to immigration? Well, I'm frustrated again, but pleased to report that uh, some some of the people who were against this to begin with are now starting to come around. There is nobody that's as incompetent as that to produce the result that Mayorkas has produced. That is willful. It is intentional. And I keep saying that loud and long and will we'll insist upon that. We are getting more people who are coming to our side. I'm still fighting some of the some of my colleagues um, who. Uh, don't want to, they, they view it as the potentially being termed political. And I said, it's not political. They said, well, maybe we should do Biden. I said, are you going to do Biden? No, we're, we're not going to do Biden. Well, then help me do Mayorkas because the, the, I'm just telling you that the, the long-term ramifications of the Mayorkas uh, tenure will be to uh, make it almost impossible to basically keep the U.S. safe, keep our culture safe, keep our economy safe. And we're fighting that. And, you know, it's, it's some of these institutional uh, business folks that like the cheap labor. They're fighting us on it. Uh, we have people within our own conference that are fighting us on it. That's the point now. It, it is so frustrating. But the good news is I'm building a critical mass. We're starting to see more and more people who told me that they were going to be no on it before. Um, some of them have come around and said, yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. And um, maybe, just maybe, we can get enough critical mass to get it out of the House. And then it'll be in the Senate. And I, I can't do any, any more but lobby in the Senate. So, But I'm going to keep working in the House. But this is, this is job one to hold somebody accountable who's effectively put us in, in a, a, a dissolution uh, phase of, of the United States. This losing geographical integrity is going to harm us as a nation going forward. Whether we can recover from that, I, do, I simply don't know. 
Yeah, to the people who say impeaching Mayorkas is political, I'm pretty sure it was the Democrats and their establishment Republican counterparts who turned immigration political when they decided to sacrifice the future of this country in favor of free and cheap labor for these woke corporations, free votes for the Democratic Party, and better profit margins for the cartels and, and human traffickers. We got a few minutes before we got to jump to break, but before I let you go, I'd love to know what the latest is. Again, hopefully you have better news than you do have on the immigration and Fauci front, but when it comes to uh, negotiations about the debt ceiling, where we stand. Oh, Natalie, they think I'm a, a little black rain cloud because I always got bad news. But but here's the here's the deal. <laughs> um, uh, the, the Biden administration want a clean lift and they want basically as much as they can possibly get somewhere around four trillion dollars over the next 18 months in in uh, debt ceiling. Uh, the Republican this leadership proposal is one point five trillion to until next I think it's March some somewhere like that early early next year. Uh, there's some things that are that are not bad but the the net impact on our uh, uh, national debt is less than a hundred billion dollars from the from the mechanisms that they have. So you actually will have a net somewhere of a, a 1.4 trillion dollars being added to your national debt. That's a real problem for me. Um, the the number one, I mean, as bad as the border is, as bad as everything else is, we're not going to be able to afford anything. We're going to be captured by our debt before too very long. The the Biden plan is going to take us up to something like 22 trillion dollars more in national debt, and the Republican leadership plan reduces that source about 18 trillion dollars over the next 10 years. So either way, it's it's you're still adding to the national debt. And instead of dealing with, with it by cutting our spending, um, we're just saying, well, we're going to do it at a slower pace than the Democrats, and hopefully we're going to get it under control in years two through 10. We don't control years two through 10. Wow. We control year one, and that's that's my problem. And if people want to follow you and stay up to date with your bad news and good news, too, from the Hill, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can go to at Rep Andy Biggs AZ. You can go to biggs.house.gov. Um, encourage you to follow me on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter, which I put out weekly. Watch my podcast, which I do on a semi-regular basis, on a weekly basis. Thanks, Natalie. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Even despite the bad news, we got to get the inside scoop, the inside baseball from the front lines. Speaking of the inside scoop, we're going to speak with the former White House stenographer, Mike McCormick, an old friend of the show, about what he saw when he worked for none other than Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Don't miss. We'll be right back. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viroclans, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viroclans is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. 
This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com code Steve. ekpure.com code Steve. Stephen K. Bath. If you're looking for a good night's sleep, actually probably a great night's sleep, I'd recommend, of course, checking out MyPillow, specifically the MyPillow 2.0. And of course, you have to use promo code WARROOM if you want to get the level of sleep that Steve certainly enjoys, that I enjoy, that the rest of the production team here, Cameron, Will, everyone who has been doing such great work this week, they're laughing, but they deserve the credit. And of course, the West Palm Beach studio has been doing a wonderful job accommodating all of us here. I know we're some big personalities, but speaking of big personalities, you guys may remember Mike McCormick. Now, we know War Room is always ahead of the curve, whether it's the origins of COVID, really the vaccines, you name it. But we had Mike on, gosh, probably over a year ago to talk about everything now that the more mainstream conservative news outlets are having him on to talk about. But hey, we get it. You've you've made a big league, but thank you for coming back to the war room to join us to break down some of your more, even more, uh, I would say bombshell reporting, um, specifically in terms of the relations, not just between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Burisma and Ukraine, all those wonderful players, but how even other individuals who now play very critical roles in the current Biden regime, people like Jake Sullivan, played intimate roles in really the maneuvering of millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars at that, to companies that Hunter Biden was linked to. Of course, the prime example being Burisma. But before we get into all of that, and we'll go slow, because like I said, it's, it's a lot of names to keep track of. If you can just let everyone know, because you don't come at this from the angle of being, you know, a diehard Trump fan or Trump supporter. You worked in the Obama White House as a stenographer for the former president. Of course, Joe Biden was was his VP then. So if you can just briefly, like I said, before we get into the fun stuff, just sort of provide a background about where you come from. Yeah, and it's great to be see again, Natalie. It's great to be on again. Um, So I started as a White House stenographer in 2002 and worked for President Bush, President Obama, and President Trump for a year. And I wrote a book uh, about three years ago, published it, Joe Biden Unauthorized in 2020 Crack of the Democratic Party. And that's what we were talking about on War Room about a couple of years ago. Well, since then, there it is. Since then, um, I've got a hold of the Hunter Biden laptop with my friends at Marco Polo. They're the nonprofit, organi- uh, nonprofit anti-corruption organization. I've been able to dive in, and because I know where Joe was and what he was doing, I've been able to put together quite a timeline of his corrupt activities. So recently, um, I put together a substack. My substack is called Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil, and I've been publishing on that. What I published is Hunter Biden. So I went back and I looked at some of the transcripts. That's what I did as a stenographer, as I worked in the White House press office and I was a stenographer, so I record what was said on Air Force One 
or in the briefing room, wherever, wherever a White House official was speaking to the press, we had a stenographer there. And my job was specifically Joe Biden from 2011 to 2017. So I flew with him to Ukraine. I flew with him to China and Russia. We were on a flight into Ukraine, April 21st, 2014. And Jake Sullivan comes back to brief the press. He starts, the press ask him, what is the uh, energy assistance that Joe is bringing to Ukraine? Jake Sullivan starts telling in his own way, fracking is basically what they were bringing money for. Fracking and another program called the Municipal Energy Reform Program. Both are part of, both actually went directly to benefit Burisma. And what people on the plane didn't know was, at the time, Hunter Biden was already on the board of Burisma. I've gone in the Hunter Biden laptop. I've written sat substacks. He was hired. He had agreed to be on their board on April 18th, three days before this flight. Also, this is kind of fun. He did in the morning. He agreed to be on that. He was on Morning Joe with Meek and Joe. He used them as their cover story. They got punked by by Hunter Biden, basically. So he's on this. So Joe is on this plane. He's flying into Ukraine, and he's got all this. Uh, money, taxpayer money that's going to Burisma to benefit Burisma. $50 million gets put towards Burisma through legislation later in the year. The Merck program gives them another grant. There's all kinds of uh, emails from back and forth. Merck program was also run out of USAID. That was Barack Obama. Barack Obama knew what Joe Biden was up to. And I say this because on, 20, on April 16, 2014, this is two days before Hunter signs on to be the Burisma board, he meets in the West Wing with Joe Biden and Hunter Archer. And they have a meeting, and that's where they strategize about uh, Burisma, this, this scam they're running. It's a kickback scheme. That night, Joe Biden is driving through western Pennsylvania in the back of a limousine with Barack Obama. There's a selfie about it. There's a White House photo. They're standing on the tarmac of the Pittsburgh airport. They had a long, solo, long one-on-one -on -one meeting in the back of the limousine. It's the most secure conference room in the world. They were discussing something. What I've said is, and I've taken this information to the FBI, because when, when um, Jake Sullivan came back to talk to us, as he was a senior administration official. And I, as a witness, said, FBI. I went to their FBI tip line. It's a website. And by the way, if you go to their website and you put a tip on it and you're not truthful, you go to jail. I'm not lying. Joe Biden is a criminal. That's what I saw. That's what I told the FBI. And so I put this on their tip line about six weeks ago, have heard nothing out of them. But what I told them was the tip is Jake Sullivan is the, is the senior administration official. I'm the witness. Jake Sullivan was in the front of Air Force Two talking to Joe Biden, he comes back to the press and he promotes Burisma to the world through the press while Hunter Biden is getting money from them. Wow. So for, for reference, Jake Sullivan is now Joe Biden's national security advisor. So if you wonder why America's national security is so backwards, especially in Ukraine, seems like our interests are not even being put second, third or fourth, let alone first. 
I think these business dealings that you're talking about, which you, of course, were, were not, uh, you had a you fly on the wall, you were in the room, you knew what was going on, I think might kind of answer that question about what has gone so wrong. So I'm just curious. I want to drill down into exactly what the FBI, what their conduct has been with you and if anyone from the new Congress has reached out to have you testify. But before we get to the steps that you're taking to get this information out there, just your personal opinion. Do you think that these vestiges of corruption, these obviously very compromising business ties, particularly Ukraine, Burisma, how do you think that's affecting the current conflict in Ukraine and Russia right now? I think it's a tragedy that was avoidable. It's horrific. You know, I think uh, Vladimir Putin walked in behind, he saw an opportunity in Joe Biden's corruption. It wasn't just Biden. It was Obama, Biden, you know, Tony Blinken was over there. They're scolding the Ukrainians about their corruption while they're acting corrupt. And um, Putin knew it. Putin on, on uh, February 14th, 2014, sent three and a half million dollars to Hunter Biden through uh, a, a secondary associate, Elena Baterina. That money was, went right into Hunter Biden. Putin knew what he was getting. And they just went into Ukraine trying to pretend that they were plausible, that they were uh, diplomats and, you know, saving the world from the terrible Vladimir uh, Putin. They were in the same boat. There's the same level of corruption. And it's horrific. Right now, you cr there's a mafia in Russia, there's a mafia in Ukraine, and there's a dirty cop named Joe Biden in between, and he's making money off both sides. And speaking of cops, I know you said you went to the FBI, you reached out with this information. You can just walk through again. I know the War Room Posse probably doesn't think too highly of the FBI. We're, at least on this show here, for defunding the FBI, taking it down. But they haven't really responded to any of, of your inquiries, your the, the reports that you filed. But like I said, has anyone from the new Congress reached out to have you testify? We have about two minutes before I got to let you go. No one from the new Congress has reached out to me. Um, the FBI hasn't reached out to me. I before I uh, wrote when I after I wrote this book right before the election in 2020, I did a phone call with the FBI about a lot of the information that was in the book. Never heard back from them. I don't have a lot of trust in the FBI, but I think they're going to be a, a part of this uh, investigation. My next step is to write a uh, affidavit, a very detailed affidavit have sworn affidavit and submit it to David Weiss, who's the uh, state's attorney in Delaware that's investigating Hunter Biden. That becomes a legal document. They have to deal with it. That's what I can do. Or go in front of Congress. And Congress has me. I'm ready to testify. There's a lot more to this corruption. I'll be writing a substack tonight about Amos Hochstein, who was uh, and is still in the Obama administration as an energy czar. He is part of this Burisma kickback scheme, too. 30 seconds before I got to let you go. So real quick, you say Joe Biden is a criminal. The question always has been, you know, it's not about Hunter Biden. It's about Joe Biden's involvement. From your firsthand primary source, primary experience with these individuals, like I said, you were in the room where it happened. You had a seat at the table. Was Joe Biden involved in Hunter Biden's corrupt business dealings? I think he directed it. I think he was more than involved. He directed it, and Hunter was sort of the bag man for him. Wow. 
people want to follow you on Substack and stay up to date with what you're working on and maybe the affidavits you're filing, how can they stay in contact with you? Absolutely. Thanks, um, thanks Natalie. So two things. One, I'm on Twitter, uh, Joe, at Joe Unauthorized. I'm on Truth Social, at Joe Unauthorized. And I'm, my Substack is Midnight in a Laptop of Good and Evil. And if you're a paid subscriber, you get a book. So I gave I sold a lot of books on War Room last time I was on. There's more to go out. Also, end of the month, Marco Polo is doing two um, presentations, one in Salt Lake City, one in Elston, Maine, and they've got the goods on Joe Biden, and you can go there live for free. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. we got the other Mike, Mike Davis, joining us after the break to talk about the latest in corruption land and the DOJ. We'll be right Inflation back. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax-sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax-sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action. Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. We got the fire breather Mike Davis joining us to talk about all things weaponized G DOJ, corruption in D.C., what your taxpayer dollars are funding. I still give you credit, hat tip, uh, for getting Matthew Colangelo having to give a written interview in front of House Judiciary Committee. So thank you for all the work you did on that. But it seems like you're still fanning the flames when it comes to A.G. Merrick Garland, uh, specifically with his involvement in really cover-up and really running cover uh, for none other than the prodigal son of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. You had a pretty spicy tweet about this. Can you walk us through kind of laying the groundwork for potentially impeaching Merrick Garland over this and more broadly what the cover-up has been from the DOJ on behalf of Hunter Biden? Well, I, I guess which one? I think this one is dealing with uh, Hunter. Bi there is clear evidence from the uh, uh, from the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss that Hunter Biden has committed four different crimes. And there's evidence from the Delaware U.S. Attorney. There's Del uh, evidence from the Baltimore FBI field office, and there's evidence from the IRS. They've had this evidence for a year, and. Uh, there is a whistleblower that has come forward from the IRS 
And according to the news reports uh, about the about this whistleblower, this whistleblower is going to say that Merrick Garland is covering for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden because 10 percent goes to the big guy. And remember, Merrick Garland just testified before my former boss, Senator Chuck Grassley, last month that uh, this U.S. attorney in Delaware had full authority to indict anywhere he wanted, and Garland was not interfering with this investigation. So apparently this whistleblower is going to bring forward evidence that contradicts what, what Garland testified to under oath last month. And if that's the case, there's no question that Merrick Garland has to step down from office. And if he doesn't step down, the House of Representatives should vote to impeach him immediately. I love it. We're going to have so many impeachments happening. I can't even keep track of all the people who deserve to be impeached in the Biden regime. Um, but speaking of how we're, we're pushing back on that, a key component of that is, of course, House oversight, right? Jim Jordan, I know you've been a tough critic, um, but he seems to actually be bringing the fire. Uh, we opened the show talking to Representative Biggs about the latest revelations, really stunning at that, uh, when it comes to Secretary Blinken, then just an advisor to the campaign, but really more broadly, the Biden campaign's involvement in terms of pressuring these 51 you know, intelligence officers to write the statement that the Hunter Biden hard drive was Russian disinformation. Uh, your, your thoughts, is this the sort of level, are we really uh, operating on all cylinders, as you probably say, uh, when it comes to this type of action from oversight? I'll tell you, I was a critic of Jim Jordan for three years because of his position on big tech. And I'm still a critic of Jim Jordan because of his position on big tech. I think he does big tech's bidding. Uh, but I will say on oversight, he's, he got off to a slow and bumpy start, but he is truly firing on all cylinders now. And he is doing some amazing oversight work. And what he has uncovered with the Biden uh, campaign colluding with these former senior intel officials to call the New York Post accurate reporting Russian disinformation. This is bombshell stuff. And uh, Biden's Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, I don't know how he stays in his job after that, because he has shown that he is willing to mishandle classified information, classified intel, weaponize classified misinformation, classified disinformation to take out a presidential opponent. Think about this. Three weeks before a presidential election, our country's oldest newspapers reported that a presidential candidate was corruptly taking millions of dollars from our country's enemy, along with another country. And this would have changed the outcome of the election. There's no question that Biden would have lost the election uh, if this information were out there. So the Biden campaign colluded with these 51 former senior intel officials, including uh, CIA directors, and they planted stories, the campaign planted stories with other news outlets to discredit this New York Post reporting, America's oldest newspaper. It got the New York Post deplatformed from social media, kicked off of Twitter and Google and Facebook, and even got it where you couldn't even open the link to the New York Post story to read the story because they said it was Russian misinformation or disinformation or whatever the hell they want to call it. This is election interference as bad as you can get. And every and they the people who claim that they're protecting democracy, this is this is the biggest attack on democracy you can imagine. 
We certainly don't grade on a curve here in the war room, and the baseline for what constitutes a good congressional investigation isn't the Benghazi investigations. We want investigations that, like I said previously, actually lay the groundwork for criminal referrals for people who deserve to go to prison. Anthony Fauci, I think, might be number one on that list. And I think it's worth noting, too, that if the Biden campaign, which was just that, a campaign, was able to coordinate all of this, the social media censorship, the blacklisting of people who talked about it, you know, really silencing and suppressing the story entirely, when they didn't even run the federal government, you can only imagine the collusion and convergence, really, of the Biden regime and all of these aspects of the federal government going on now to censor and suppress the truth, but particularly the inconvenient truths for the likes of Hunter Biden, that story about the IRS whistleblower, uh, about these political appointees at the DOJ in terms of handling the prosecution of Hunter Biden for tax crimes and other financial malfeasance, basically with kid gloves, I think is a perfect example of that. Can you walk us through really what that Wall Street Journal article said in terms of this IRS whistleblower um, and what they're doing at the DOJ to stonewall this investigation? Well, uh, what happened is, is you had this U.S. attorney in Delaware who's investigating the Bidens, including foreign corruption by Hunter Biden, taking illegal payments from Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs. And it's not just Hunter Biden. There's 10 percent to the big guy. You have tax evasion. You have Foreign Corrupt Practices Act violations. You have a potential gun charge because Hunter Biden lied on a gun application. So there are four potential crimes that the that the U.S. attorney uh, is investigating up in Delaware. They're saying this is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. That is very, very, very misleading because the two Democrat home state senators in Delaware get to pick the U.S. attorney. So to say this is a Trump guy is laughable. And he's a holdover U.S. attorney because he's investigating the Bidens. Merrick Garland has not given this U.S. attorney special counsel status. So this U.S. attorney can only investigate potential crimes in Delaware, and he can't investigate potential crimes in California and D.C., uh, this this David Weiss, this U.S. attorney could if Merrick Garland gave him special counsel status. So what's happening is, is you have Merrick Garland and Biden's political appointees in the Justice Department hamstringing his investigation. They've had this evidence for over a year that, that Hunter Bart Biden has committed these four different crimes. They've been ready to charge for over a year, and Merrick Garland is blocking this. That is political interference. He had, uh, once again, Merrick Garland has weaponized the Justice Department, according to news reports about this whistleblower, and it's not going to stand. This is this is going to be the scandal that chases Merrick Garland out of the Justice Department. Wow. You know, when you say 10 percent for the big guy, I think with inflation, we might have to jack it up to like 15 or 20 percent for the big guy. Uh, but I'm just curious, you know, we talk a lot about accountability here at the war room, and that's obviously a, a lofty, grand, ambitious word. So if we actually drill down, short of, I would say, removing Merrick Garland from his office, which of course we should, and we've been talking to the lawmakers who are pushing for that on the Hill, but legally, how do we hold these people accountable, particularly, say, take the 51 intelligence officers as an example, you know, stripping their security clearances? Uh, what exactly does accountability look like from a legal perspective, in your opinion, when it comes to actually going against these people to ensure that they understand 
they can't get away with this again. Well, what I would do if I were uh, Jim Jordan advising Jim Jordan, I would have his uh, Judiciary Committee staff subpoena every one of these 51. I would ask for their documents. I would make them come in for staff depositions. I would hold hearings, public hearings. I would also look look to Republican state attorneys general, Republican DAs, Republican prosecutors around the country. Uh, these 51 people presumably lived in a red state or a, or a red jurisdiction somewhere. Look at charging all 51 of them under, under conspiracy laws in your state. But we need to take off the gloves. We need to fight back. We can't unilaterally disarm. The other side is committing real crimes and real election interference. And they want to come after Trump, Trump supporters, Trump's top aides, uh, you know, mothers, uh, protesting at school board meetings, people praying outside of abortion clinics. They want to come after us, but they're going to coddle President Biden, Hunter Biden, the, his sleazy family, Biden supporters, Biden's uh, top lieutenants. We can't let, we could not let this continue to happen. We need to fight back. There's certainly so many looming impeachments to keep track of, but there's also a lot of indictments of the former president to also keep track of. You've obviously been providing very good, very ahead-of-the-curve updates to War Room. So I'm just curious where we stand on sort of the three-pronged lawfare assault against Donald Trump, whether it's in Georgia, New York, who knows where, new case every other day. Uh, where do we stand on all of these, these fronts, these kind of legal crusades to obviously try to get Trump off the ballot in 2024 because they know, just like we all know, that they can't beat him. So we're, it's actually a five front. We have New York Attorney General Tish James with her bozo fraud civil lawsuit against Trump for the non-fraud of President Trump borrowing money from sophisticated banks, paying them back in full with interest, but somehow he committed fraud. You have the George Soros Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg bringing this bozo indictment for the first time in American history against a former president who also happens to be a leading presidential candidate. Uh, that's going to backfire badly, and it's going to undermine the other three investigations uh, that are going on right now. With uh, We have uh, Fannie Willis down in Georgia. Uh, Fannie Willis is investigating the the non-crime of a, of a presidential candidate objecting to a presidential election, which is specifically allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and the First Amendment. Uh, you have uh, Garland Special Counsel Democrat Operative Hack Jack Smith investigating the same thing, along with the fifth investigation, which is the investigating the non-crime of a former president having his presidential records in the congressionally funded office of the former president with federally funded office space, secure office space called called SCIFs, staff, Secret Service protection, security clearances. Uh, that's allowed by the Presidential Records Act, but somehow under Trump, that's become a felony uh, by the, the, the Garland regime. This is all going to fail. It's all going to backfire spectacularly. And President Trump will be back in the White House in January 2025. And when I'm his acting attorney general for three weeks during my reign of terror before I'm chased out of office, I am going to bring whole I'm going to rain holy hell on the Democrats with firings and indictments. It's going to be payback time. Hey, I give you at least four weeks, but I want to hold you through the break because I have one more question. I'm curious if you think really all roads on all these cases lead 
to Biden and lead to his Department of Justice. So hang with us through the break. We'll also be talking to Jane Zirkel, Calamity Jane. She should be joining us live from the Lee County GOP fundraising dinner where Donald Trump is speaking uh, to GOP Congressman Byron, Byron Donald, Donald and Greg Stubbe are also going to be speaking at this event. I don't know if you guys saw Greg Stubbe had some pretty harsh words for the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, speaking on Fox this morning. We'll be right back. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Welcome back to the War Room. We were supposed to have fan favorite Chrome Carmichael join us to talk about Soul Tea, but unfortunately for us, but fortunately for him, he is a new grandfather to think to a little boy. So congratulations to him. And I'm sure if he were joining us now, he'd tell you guys to go to warroomhealth.com to get salty. If you want to make sure that you're around to see your grandchildren be born. <laughs> Can't take credit for that, that pitch. That was courtesy of Cameron, our, uh, our production staff. But I think that should maybe make you go to warroomhealth.com. But Mike Davis, I think we still have you if you didn't leave after that horrible pitch uh, to talk about what I asked you before the break, which is obviously Trump derangement syndrome prevails. There's a lot of people who suffer from that, and I'm sure all these prosecutors, the special ones, the not-so-special ones, all suffer from it, and I'm sure they're independently motivated to go after Trump just by their own merit and by their own values. But do you think that if we start to actually subpoena and have these people testify and have them give written interviews to Congress, that we will see that these actually aren't all sporadic, isolated incidents, but rather sort of a part of a broader pattern that if you play the pattern recognition game, all roads will lead to Joe Biden and his corrupt DOJ? There's no question. I mean, we, we already saw this with two of these. It was Garland who ordered an unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid on 
former President Trump, who happens to be Garland's boss's chief political enemy, to go get presidential records from the office of former president that the former president was allowed to have under the Presidential Records Act. So that's Garland leading that. We also know that Alvin Bragg's case up in New York, the Manhattan DA's office, was a complete dog. It was passed over by the prior DA. It was passed over by the Manhattan U.S. attorney. It was passed over by the Federal Election Commission. It was passed over by Alvin Bragg himself after Soros helped Bragg win the election up there. And then Bragg started taking heat from the left because one of his former left-wing lunatic prosecutors, uh, Mark Pomerantz, resigned and wrote a book, and so unethically, I would argue. And so then Bragg, uh, all of a sudden, magically, Colangelo shows up from Garland's Justice Department. Uh, uh, Matthew Colangelo was in the number three's office. He shows up in at Bragg's doorstep one day and just quits his job in the Biden Justice Department and just starts working for Bragg. Of course, Garland is behind this stuff because it's it's being shown over and over and over that Garland has politicized and weaponized the Justice Department. He's corrupt. He's lying to the Senate and he needs to be chased out of office. I guess I should also add that all roads probably lead to George Soros, too, and he probably paid for the roads at that. Mike Davis, where can people follow you and your work and find you on social media? It's article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on Getter, Twitter, and Truth. And when I'm not booted, it's off social media. My personal is at MRD, and then another D. M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-N. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for joining us. I think we're going to end the show by going down to Fort Myers, Florida. I think we should have Jane Zirkle joining us live from the Lee County GOP fundraising dinner where Trump is slated to speak. Jane, if we have you, can you put us in the room? What is going on there? Well, the attendees have started to take their seats because President Trump is going to be in the house. He is here live in Fort Myers, Florida, just off of receiving a slew of endorsements from prominent representatives across the state. As you said earlier, Natalie, Greg Subi and Byron Donalds will be introducing him tonight. And I spoke with members of the Lee County GOP who said that this county is so influential in Florida politics because it has the second highest number of registered Republicans in the state. And this county actually propelled Ron DeSantis to victory, but I have to say they weren't too happy with Ron DeSantis and his somewhat of a presidential campaign that he's running while being governor of Florida. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What's the mood particularly when it comes to the feud, although I guess that makes it sound like it's even-handed and even-footed, obviously. No, Donald Trump is crushing him, destroying him in every single poll that comes out, except the ones that are funded by the Kochs and the Soroses. But Can you sort of put us in the room in terms of that feud? What is the vibe when it comes to DeSantis versus Trump, the riff going on there? So as far as Lee County goes, the members of the GOP here are on the Trump train all the way. You know, they said they love Ron DeSantis as a governor, but they love him as a governor and they love President Trump as a president. And you see exactly how it is reflecting in the polls. People are overwhelmingly in wake of this DOJ witch hunt on President Trump supporting him. And that's definitely the sentiment that we're seeing here tonight. I know you spoke the other day to Kane of Citizens Free Press, who said that his readers 
we're showing exactly what the polls are saying. And I think it's fair to say that the War Room Posse has to agree with them. The War Room Posse is behind MAGA and behind Donald J. Trump. Got about a minute before I have to let you go, but what issues are people talking about there? Obviously, the primary is on the forefront of everyone's mind, but is it immigration? Is it impeaching all these various officials, these apparatchiks, these cronies in the Biden regime? What is really the number one issue that people are talking about? Election integrity has been really, really popular amongst the people here. I actually talked to somebody with the Lee County GOP who wrote the, the, the manual basically on election integrity for Florida. And he says that it's key that this is pushed through the state of Florida and that they get rid of the machines. They said that the machines across Florida are a very, very big issue. And they said that they are supporting Mike Lindell all the way. And they look at what he's doing in Missouri. And they say, we want that in our state. We want hand counted paper ballots. Everything's better when it's done on paper, Jane. Unfortunately, got to let you go. We got a few seconds. But where can people follow you? And is War Room going to be live streaming his speech with some commentary from Mo and Grace and the Savage Angels? Where can people watch? So you can find me at Jane Zirkle on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, Getter, where I will be posting updates throughout the evening. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Jane. We'll be back tomorrow. Steve will be back in the captain's chair. It's been fun hosting this week. Thank you for letting me. I think Steve should also be back next week for the afternoon shows. But as always, thank you for tuning in to War Room. Have a wonderful weekend. And remember, we got a lot of impeachments, also a lot of indictments to keep track of. But the War Room show will always be ahead of the curve. Have a good one. Have a nice War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM Health, all one word, WARROOMHealth.com. Go there today.
You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.